You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk about marketing automation that doesn't feel like, well, marketing automation. (laughs) Because I don't know about you, do you get up in the morning and say, gosh, I hope someone sends me some automated marketing. (laughs) Okay, so with me today is Ashley LeBlanc. She's the executive director over here at Little Bird Marketing. And I bring her in because you will hear she is the expert on uh, marketing automation and specifically a lot of things, how that relates to social. So Ashley, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm ready to talk about robots. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about robots. (laughs) Okay. Well, robots are our friend over here at Little Bird Marketing, but we understand why a lot of people don't like them and why there is a little bit of this. um, um, On one hand, there's a fear to use them. And on the other hand, oh my gosh, we have to get more efficient with what we're doing. We just simply can't scale the work that we're doing. And so a lot of people go into some kind of marketing automation Um, hopefully because they are very clear about what it is that they need to be efficient about, but when they don't get clear about the actual messaging and the feeling, and they're not really, in my opinion, focused on the empathy of the person who's receiving it, then it all goes a wire. (laughs) So, okay, let's start with one um, topic that you and I talk a lot about, but you really are an expert on, and that is chatbots and how this actually relates with social media engagement. So tell us kind of the basics about why people use chatbots in in social media. um, And yeah, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the pitfalls. (laughs) So chatbot is really this huge buzzword. And for a lot of different people, it means a lot of different things. But just to get clear, when we're talking about chatbots in when it, in regards to social media, we're talking about automated messaging systems that work within social media platforms. So basically a message, a direct message is triggered by a user's action. So the same thing happens on websites, but we're taking it to social media. So you can use third-party tools and even 
uh, sites like Facebook have their own tools now where you can set up automated message flows. So your brand, you are having a conversation with someone that is completely pre-programmed, but the, the user on the other side is getting the information that they need. So there's a huge piece that is customer service, right? That's where we see chatbots being used really the most when it comes to websites and social media. People are using them in order to um, answer simple FAQs, get people the information they need in real time, because we know users want information faster than ever before. Chatbots are a great way for you to stay active on social 24-7 without telling someone at your office it's their job to stay active on social 24-7. That is not going to go over well. So, no, no. And, you know, we joke around a lot of times that, you know, we like to refer to ourselves uh, not as a marketing agency, but as a sleep improvement agency. So <laughs> robots can help you sleep. Maybe that should have been the title. Of yeah. This. Yeah. Robots can definitely help you sleep. The, um, other, the other piece of it, though, is engagement. We know that engagement is is the metric when it comes to social media. Sure, your posts can be seen by a lot of people, but if they are not engaging with your post, it doesn't matter. And that is from Facebook to Instagram to LinkedIn to Twitter. You need to capture engagement in order for your reach to grow and for you to really become a presence on social media. Mm -hmm. So chatbots can help with that because uh, a chatbot can be triggered on Facebook by a comment. So when we put a chatbot on our post, we withhold some sort of information from the post. So for if we are promo promoting a resource, then we're withholding the link to that resource. If we, let's say we're hosting a giveaway because we just want to capture a lot of general engagement, then in order to enter the giveaway, they have to leave a comment on the post. So it's this give and get policy where they have to give you engagement in order for them to get the information or the resource or entered into the giveaway, whatever they want out of it, they have to give something in return. So it's a win-win situation. You're getting the engagement. They're getting what they want, and it's pulled off of uh, the comment section and directly into their direct messages. So it really explained this piece. So just so people are clear, because you and I are in it all day long, and I think you know it's really obvious to us. But why would you have them comment? What actually happens? For example, since we're using the Facebook example, what happens on Facebook when multiple people start commenting on a post? I mean, that's we 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 throw around the word viral all the time, right? But in terms of when your post, when you post something on Facebook or LinkedIn, the amount of people that organically see that post is very, very small. Mm -hmm. On average, if a brand posts something on Facebook, it is seen by 1% of the people who follow or, or engage with them, less than 1%. That is crazy. I mean, here's so many people for so many years spent all this time and even some people spent money trying to get their followers, you know, and like our page, like our page. Remember, we even have like stickers that Facebook would send out to businesses, put this on your door, you know, and then they turned around and were like, oh yeah, but if they follow you, we're still not going to serve your content up to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke, but. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah. 
But in order to get that 1% to grow, you have to capture engagement. You have to get those comments. So you, and not only comments, not just like cool exclamation mark, (laughs) you need to capture lengthy comments that have intent behind them and that inspire conversation because single comments are great. But when your comment all of a sudden turns into a threaded conversation where people are commenting on each other's content, that is where the real metrics happen. That's where the real growth happens. And now the more comments you get, the more people are seeing your posts, the more people are being pulled into your algorithm for that social platform and are becoming aware to your brand. I love that. And so just you hear a couple of things here. First of all, you know, chatbots can be an effective use to really love your clients, meaning give them the info they're trying to get as quickly as possible. Don't harass them. They want your phone number, let them put phone number and let the phone number come up. So there's a lot of great things you can do to really love your clients and serve them better through it. And then the other use of chatbots that we were just discussing is more about either um, triggering engagement or even sustaining it. And it's not to say that we want people to just sit there and then chat back and forth with the robot, but we do want it to basically get great conversation going. And that's what people are looking for out on social. Right. So the other thing that we get asked a lot about in marketing automation that doesn't feel like marketing automation (laughs) is is the world of email. So Mm -hmm. let's chat a little bit about that. Um, And I will say right at the beginning, email is a big concept because I usually have to say, that's great. Let's talk about email. What do you mean? (laughs) Because I see it really broken down into three different buckets. And that is like the individual, you know, email, like, Hey, we're going to send, Oh my gosh. And here's a word we're not allowed to use over here. Newsletter, (laughs) (laughs) um, trifold brochure, comic sans and newsletter. Those words are not allowed. (laughs) I mean, no, nobody wants these things. Um, so there's the individual email, meaning something's happening, either an event or special or, or some news, something newsworthy or, or I want to just stay in touch with my, with my, uh, with my following and I have something of value to offer them. So I guess my first thing about is always, yeah, happy to do an email for you. I'm sorry. What do you have a value? <laughs> like, right. Because again, nobody's waking up. So gosh, I hope someone sends a junk piece of email to me. <laughs> if it only could happen today could be my lucky day. <laughs> so there's the individual one. And then we have, um, workflows and sequences. So we'll talk about all three of these here, um, and, and break them down. So let's start with the individual email. Uh, so maybe we might be doing a blog recap. Let's say we've had really super valuable information go out this quarter, but maybe people have, could have missed it. And so we want to say, Hey, in case you wanted to read about this, click here. If you wanted to read about this, click here. Like, are these things of value to you? Um, you know, maybe we have a point of view, maybe we have a, a recording of an event that we were at and we want to offer something, you know, uh, of significant value to help somebody with an issue that we know our ideal client is facing. And so we're going to, in, in that way, outbound it. We're going to say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll tap on your shoulder. You've already indicated to us, you follow us and you want some great information from us. You trust us in your, to come in your inbox and give you something great. So, you know, let's move on to where automation starts happening. And I will say that people, you pointed out that people want to get their information right now. Mm-hmm. Consumers also want their information to be personalized, right? So <laughs> this is where the problem comes in. When people are doing these uh, email sends, 
they think that the piece that they're automating is the personalization. And so there's this heavy use of the personalization token. And I just want to be very clear with you <laughs> that just because you use a personalization token, meaning hello, first name, exclamation mark, <laughs> that does not mean you have personalized this email. <laughs> and I got to tell you, oh my gosh, I'm going to try and put these in the show notes, but Ashley, it has been so painful lately. I probably have three or four in the last month of uh, automated emails that have come to me in LinkedIn. Um, and then one that was in a, my regular inbox literally had some kind of mistake like, hello, first name, <laughs> and no. literally said first name here. <laughs> so people, this is not marketing automation. Please don't do that. <laughs> Okay, so there's some things you can automate there, but I think where the real automation comes into is the world of workflows and sequences. And now in our world, you do a lot more workflows and I do a lot more of sequences. So I'm going to ask you a couple of yeah. questions on workflows so that our audience can really get the benefit there. But the big difference between the workflow and a sequence is that with a workflow, it's something that the recipient did, the, the consumer, the, the prospect, whatever you want to call it, that human did something to trigger something in our system that was pre-set up to happen automatically. So I can be sleeping at night and someone does something on our website and it starts a workflow for them. But a sequence is something where we on our side decide what is the trigger and we're going to enroll someone in an automated sequence. So Ashley, I'm going to push this back over to you. So workflows, tell us about some of the most common workflows uh, that we use and that we suggest and how marketing automation is really helpful there. Right. So when it comes to workflows, they can be really useful, like you said, to deliver um, information on a schedule based on someone's behavior and action with your website. So let's say you have a downloadable resource, you have a webinar, um, and someone come and it's gated. So you, it's behind a form. Someone has to give over their email address in order to receive the content. Well, of course they can fill it out and it could reroute them to the page, but we've all been there where you fill out a form and then all of a sudden you get called into a meeting, someone calls, <laughs> what, what you, you get, you get distracted and you have the best intentions of looking at that resource or watching that video in the moment, but it didn't happen or you weren't able to finish it. So you try to keep that tab up or you keep that window open, but inevitably your computer updates or you close it out. And now you cannot remember where you found that resource. Wait, wait, are, are you talking about me? <laughs> Directly to you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so guilty. <laughs> yes. But this happens all the time and uh, automated workflows can be really helpful just to deliver that information in a different way. So a follow-up email to a downloaded resource. So someone gets an email saying, hey, we kind of already know this is going to happen. One thing or another is going to happen and you're going to want this in your email inbox. So we thought we would be helpful going back to that helpful nature. We want to be helpful and we're going to send it to you right now. So you can star it, you can, you know, favorite it, you can keep it here in your inbox. So it's searchable. You can forward it along to a colleague. So there's that type, which is really helpful, but then your workflow can go a step further. 
if depending on the software you're using, your workflow can change contact properties, meaning now all of a sudden someone is based on the behavior they've taken on your website, they can be marked as a marketing qualified lead, a sales qualified lead. You can move them down the pipeline based on the workflow and then trigger additional emails based on different contact property settings, or even let's say multiple downloads. Someone comes to your site, they download all of your resources. Well, uh, another email probably needs to go out to them that says, Hey, looks like you like our stuff. Do you want to, do you want to talk? Because I'm getting a suspicion that you want to talk. Right. Right. And you know what, you kind of allude to it there, but you know, we are not salesy people. And I think people hesitate to use marketing automation because they're like, well, I don't want to be slimy and salesy. Right. Okay, well, I have a solution for that. Don't be slimy or salesy. <laughs> Just be helpful. Right. So don't walk away from the marketing automation because other people do marketing automation poorly. Think about how you and your team and your brand can deliver on their promise by doing marketing automation in alignment with your brand and in alignment with your brand purpose and your values and, and especially really with empathy in mind for that prospect or that client. So it's, you know, I always look at an email before I say, yeah, save this and think, would I want to get this? Like, <laughs> is, is this good? <laughs> because right. if not, I'm going to delete it. It's just ill-conceived plan, delete. Right. Right. <laughs> so when it, yeah. And when it comes to personalization, if you're going to personalize something, actually personalize it. That's kind of you, the thing about automation is it's great because it's easy but it's bad because it's easy because what happens is people fall into a rut and you end up with things like, hello, first name, or <laughs> these mistakes because we're using this. It, it's not actually personalized content. So even going back to downloading of resources, well, if that resource was crafted with a particular persona in mind, your email, your automation should have that same persona in mind. So yes, you're customizing it for the individual by maybe using their first name, but how are you customizing the contents for the overall persona that the workflow is also reaching? Right, right. And you alluded to this already too, about making sense of what it is that they would like next. It's, it's really about anticipating what are, what are they going to ask us next? Mm. Let's just go ahead and be proactive and serve it up. And so, for example, we have so many free resources on our website, you know, so littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. And when someone downloads something like, for example, the uh, I don't know what we call it, but it's like, what the hell is the hashtag or something yeah. like that? So that's regarding social media. So someone's like, yeah, I would like to know that information. And then next they download my five top tips for to crushing it on social media. Let's just say it's probably 10 anyway. <laughs> and so what those two things have in common is that we know they're interested in social media. Well, we have a third that is about the future of social media. Well, if they downloaded this one that's about social media and they download this one about social media, they probably want this third one. Maybe they missed it. And so we're anticipating that need and saying, hey, you looked at this and you looked at this. We thought you would enjoy this. Here you go. Right. And it's being just overtly helpful like that and making people feel like, oh, my gosh, you did notice me. That was so nice. Mm. And to that end, it is kind of funny, but we are like the least salesy company because people <laughs> download so many things before we send a note that says, what you said looks like you like us. Should we talk? But we still don't harass anybody. It's just about saying, is this the next logical step for you? If so, let's help you get there sooner. And you know that I like to put it this way. Let's create less friction for our clients and for our prospects. 
because guess what? Life has plenty of other friction in it and we could use, you know, less of it. I hadn't told you this though. Um, I was just on a call yesterday with a client who, a prospect who called and was like, you know what, Priscilla, tell us, tell us really like everything you do. We just really know we've been around you for a long time. We've listened to all, all of your podcasts. We listen to, uh, you know, get all of your, um, all of your emails. And literally she said, and I thought to myself, the reality is I read all the way through the bottom of your emails. So I know that we need to work with you. <laughs> I thought in this modern world, there is almost no bigger compliment I than know. I actually read your email. email. That's huge into the bottom of it. It's not, I read your subject line. It's I read your whole email. Right, right. So, okay. The last thing we're going to talk about is sequences. And so how that's different from a workflow is that a sequence is something that we trigger based on something that we actually uh, want to happen. We'll want to try and make happen, or we anticipate there's a possibility that we could make happen. And so um, the marketing automation there is about saying, let's say I, I create a list and I say, if they visited my website and they downloaded this particular resource, then I would like to enroll them in this sequence. This, this is telling me that I think this is the vein, this is where they're going. And I can take that name or entire list of names and either do them one at a time or do them in bulk. And I can enroll them in a sequence. The first sequence might be, hey, I'm going to send this email and say, hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking this is where we're going. And I can give it so many days and then I can trigger something to remind myself. And it could either be another automation or it could be giving a reminder to me to do something manual. Maybe after they receive that first email, if they don't, you know, in the next four days, I need to make sure I go out and, you know, do something, comment on their social media, or maybe I need to make sure I'm connected with them on social media. <laughs> you know, maybe it's something that I need to do personally and humanize the experience. So you can use marketing automation to trigger behaviors that are human and are manual. You can integrate both of them. They're not everything that happens just automatically, but the reminder for me happens automatically, which is really key because we don't want people to fall through the cracks and we want to make sure that everybody gets the same standard of excellence when we're trying to reach them. And so, you know, you can create these sequences. It could be two emails, three emails, it could be 20 emails, but the point about really great marketing automation is that if someone actually responds to that email personally, actually not just opens it, but if they actually respond, it completely shuts down the rest of the sequence because there would be nothing more embarrassing then saying, hey, I think you're interested in this. And four days later, you know, they call me and say, yeah, I'm interested. And they buy it. And then the next day they receive, hey, are you maybe still interested in X, Y, Z? And they're like, uh, yeah, I already bought it. You guys are yeah. kind of stupid. <laughs> so you really have to think about um, the kind of marketing automation software that you're using and, and make sure that you have the right features to make sure that things don't happen to people that shouldn't happen to people. Right. So I think that's the biggest piece. Anything I missed kind of on sequences or a good, you know, rule of thumb or what something you like about sequences. Yeah. I mean, just sticking with the theme of personalization when it comes to automation. Yes, of course, we're personalizing for other people, but all of this mes messaging should be, I know buzzword, authentic mm -hmm. to you because the whole goal of this automation is we know we live in an automated world, but if you can trigger a sequence and someone 
is not aware that it's a sequence, Mm -hmm. that is the best case scenario. And that is only done when it sounds like they're talking to you and not a robot. If you have these, if you have these contacts and you talk to them on a regular basis, whether it's on social or in person, on the phone, via email, and all of a sudden you enroll them in a sequence and that language doesn't match your actual language, it is going to be very apparent that it's not you. They're in an automated sequence. We've all been there. We've all received those and it's not a comfortable place to be. Right. Right. No, that's totally true. And honestly for that, you know, in terms of workflow and sequences, that's also a big difference. We use workflows for corporate communications. This came from the company, but we use sequences that come from our own personal emails. Mm -hmm. And that just underscores exactly what Ashley just said about how important it is that it needs to be you talking. You know, Ashley and I have a lot in common, but we do talk a little bit differently. And if they receive it from Ashley, it needs to sound like Ashley. If they receive it from me, it needs to sound like me. And that really is, you know, again, back to kindness. So I guess where we could wrap up with this is that marketing automation, you don't need to be afraid of it, but you do need to be sober about the way you use it. And we understand that the reality is we all need to increase efficiency. And that's not something where uh, the increasing of our efficiency means that we are going to um, somehow lessen the experience of our client or prospect. No, we're going to increase our efficiency while doing the very best and serving those prospects and clients the way we can. And so the last thing we'd say about that is use marketing automation um, to increase your efficiency, but use marketing automation to increase your humanity. Mm. So we hope that you will give it a go. And if you need something, then give us a call and we will give you some some 411 on the next step and the next logical step to make sure that you are doing your very best in marketing automation that doesn't sound like marketing automation. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You will talk to the robots later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.